Welcome back to another episode of Just Ask Rethinking Development. I think today's podcast is probably one of the more challenging ones that we'll do um, in the coming months, and it is what to do when your capital campaign stalls. Brian, you, you, you've, you've experienced this. I'm sure we all have. What happens? Nah, what? our campaign was smooth sailing. Had a guy come <laughs> in and drop you know, $40 million and we were done. That's right. Um, one, one ask, right? One, <laughs> we went to a bank and said, listen up. This is only going to take a second. No, uh, definitely. You know, that I thought of the thing that came to my mind was when the going gets tough. And isn't there a song like the tough gets going? Isn't there, isn't there a song like that? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Yeah. When the going gets tough, when your campaign stalls, because it's going to happen, you, maybe you st- maybe it starts right away. Maybe it starts, um, you know, usually after you've been running for a while and you're like, we're going to be able to achieve anything. And then you get in and you're like, oh crap, this is, <laughs> this isn't going. It's harder than you thought it was going to be. You're like, ah oh, man. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind, and we hit this point, um, our campaign uh, at the Newman Center I'm at for for those uh, listening, our campaign was a $21.5 million campaign, and then it became a $31.5 million campaign, which quickly went to 33 um, And by the time we're done, it's probably going to be close to a $40 million campaign. Holy cats. Man. Um, and to date, we've What did this new number come out? <laughs> I, to right now, this moment, uh, we don't advertise it, uh, in a huge, but we're also not hiding it. So we've raised about $38 million, um, to date towards that. So we're really close, but we've had to deal multiple times with, you know, goal changes, stalling, things like that. Um, but the biggest one, I think, was when we probably went that $10 million extra. And at that point, I was kind of beside myself. I was... I was thinking, man, we've run as hard as we can get. And the mm-hmm. fact that this campaign might go up by $10 million is just going to make me lose my mind here. Um, and I was thinking, we we got we to gotta stop. We got to pull back. We got to figure out what's going on here. And I would say what I learned from that, the first thing is you need to talk to your top campaign leaders. And that doesn't just mean your board. Um, we're very unorthodox in our campaign that we never had an official board. And that's... I guess what I'm found, what I found is pretty unheard of, but we didn't have one. Just a minute. You mean a board of directors, or do you mean a campaign? Let's leadership? say the campaign board, like an official campaign board, or a campaign lead, or okay. or board of directors. We didn't have either. We have a parish council, okay, but it didn't function in the in the way that a traditional development. Board. You didn't have like capital campaign chairs and co chairs. We a didn't have that. No, team. no, okay. none of that. Um, so for us. Our leaders were really those people that had given on the most significant level, our leadership givers, um, who were primarily, you know, seven figures, but some of the six figures too. But then there were some people that, you know, maybe they didn't give at those levels, but they just were somebody that was so passionate about our cause and was kind of someone that we went to as a source of, you know, support and encouragement. So in that, like, I mean, honorary board, if you will. So we went to all those people, and especially those people that gave on the high levels, and I would say that's who you need to first go to when the campaign starts to stall and say, here's what's going on, and here's where we're at. Because at that point, um, you need to figure out if they're on board for this journey continuing and where it's going to go. Because if you don't have them, you're screwed. 
But isn't that kind of risky, though? I mean, here's a guy that just gave you one or two million dollars. He got you, you know, the promise was we're going to go to 21. We're going to get this thing done. Right. Oh, by the way, we need another 10. And the two million you gave really wasn't enough. And now mm-hmm. we got to find other people like you. Can you help us? Meanwhile, he's he's already made two of five pledge payments, right? I mean, how did people yeah. feel about? Well, first off, Greg, you might, you got to make it sound way sexier than that. That would that's just flat, yeah. I'm just you know? yeah. yeah. I'm, I know. I know. I know. You're stoking the flames. Yeah. So um, I'm just telling it like it is, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good point. So when we came to that discussion with our top people. We were not, you know, we had been running for 12 months and we came back and been like, oh, shucks, mister. It's kind of rough. We had been going at that point for five years, four, five. I mean, yeah, at least five years. Five years got you to 20 million. Yeah. And how long in total have you been campaigning? Seven Um, or eight? Probably kind of about, we went public in 16. So, I mean, like whatever. I mean, we've been campaigning for... Probably close to eight. Okay, so twenty million to do the first mm-hmm. five years to do the first twenty million, and then in the next about two three and a half years, to do the next. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so well, the pace is actually picking up. Yeah, that's right. Very weird. How do you campaign. explain that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, well, okay. So this comes back to what do you do in your campaign stalls? So I would say. That was a big factor is how far, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, if you're a year in, um, you might want to figure out how to, you could go back to them and not say, hey, things are really getting bad, but more say, we need we need more prospects. We need to get in front of more people and figure out, okay, what does that mean? That might mean ho- having some of your key players say, host an event for you and invite some other people. Right, in. but didn't people say, wait a minute, I thought this thing was going to cost 20 or 21 million and now you're telling me it's going to cost 30 32 and now 38 million mm-hmm. people don't like scratch their heads and say what's the real oh number? yeah you better don't ha- you lose some credibility when the number just keeps popping up you yeah you would if you cannot explain why that happened okay. and so right. for for yeah for us you know we had a great uh multitude of excuses i don't like any of them i hate i hated having i'll be honest excuses or reasons uh, there are reasons, but to me, I just always saw those as excuses. I, 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 I just hate that. Yeah, true confessions here. Brian. I just hated that we weren't able to deliver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and even though some, it was out of our control, I still hated that we had to do that. But to, to be honest, um, I think that played into uh, not play. I don't like that word. Um, I think that helped in it because when we went to them, I would say a big key I would have is you need to be authentic. Um, you need to be authentic. And right away, when the number went up, we had that conversation. I feel like I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's yeah. worth reiterating. Um, we just became, I just advocated we need to be ruthlessly honest here um, and not sugarcoat it. I mean, we yeah, like, you know, don't go and just be like, I don't know what happened. But just own it and also not feel the need to hide it. Because if you hide it, that's where I've seen from- It being what? Hide what? The number change and just oh. things being way different because you need to have a hard look at it and ask, what did we do to contribute to this? Because um, to your point, Greg, you may have to, if you can't, if you cannot justify it, if you cannot have a good reason why the number change, yeah, it's going to be kind of rough. You need to come back and that's something you need to talk to your leadership about and say, what are we doing here? And probably the easiest way to deal with it is uh, address it before it starts. Don't, you know, don't let it grow and then be like, oh, crap, uh, what do we do now? It's a lot easier if you start with the conversation of say, hey, if we do this, 
the number is going to change significantly. Are you guys on board with that and prepared for that? Is there a good reason for for going forward like this? So for us, yeah, I mean, there were some design changes we had to make because of the city process to add more parking, and that added a significant cost. There was COVID. There was um, inflation in the country nationwide that just outpaced what we had projected. And on top of that, and this was probably the one that people most understood is, hey, nobody thought this was possible initially. And um, we did. But one thing that did happen is it took longer for us to do it than we thought it would. You know, I know the initial projections and I dearly love my predecessor, Kyle. He's just so gung ho. And so is Father Cheney. They're just like, let's get it. How long is it going to take us to raise it? One year. Okay, let's let's just hedge our bets. Two years. You know, and I'm like, guys, this seems a little insane. Um, so yeah, it took us longer and when you do longer then yeah, things get more expensive. So, um, again, it comes back to that though. So can you justify it with the leaders? You do need to go back to those top people because the people that started you off, you need to keep them involved along the way. So for us, some of the people, a number, I mean, actually I can't think of a one that was so mad at us. They never gave again, to be honest. Um, aside from a couple weird situations, but for the most part, everybody was like, I get it. And they were willing to keep giving, uh, especially because it had been so long, you know, it had been five years mm-hmm. that we had been at it. And so they were like at the point where, yep, I could consider doing something again to help here. The other thing I think, I think that, that um, allowed you greater flexibility with your donors is just how deeply people are committed to the mission of engaging young adults yes. in the church. That I, you, you cannot put... Um, well, the mission gonna, is not less well, important now. I was going to say that you can't put a price tag on it, but actually you can. It's worth thirty six million, <laughs> yeah. right? So, That's right. but here's you know I I take a um, a similar but perhaps a more methodical approach because I've been asked on more than a few occasions to come in and kind of troubleshoot. Yeah, I want to hear your experience, stone. Greg. Well, the first question to ask is where's the prospect list? Do we even have a prospect list? Or are we day day by day, you know, week by week, trying to come up with the next name to ask? So well, you check the newspaper, and if you see a big company sale, that's your man. No, I'm kidding. Brian, people are going to think you're serious. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no, the first thing is, where's the prospect list, and how did you organize a prospect list, right? I mean, that's yeah, just that's just right. standard That's just standard methodology. And then what I find, if, if, if the campaign doesn't um, materialize to the degree that they hoped, I was asked ask the question, well, what was your plan to get to goal? I mean... You said you needed to get to $7 million. Mm-hmm. Did you begin with $7 million worth of prospects? Did you have enough prospects at the six-figure and above level? And I, I take a look at that, right? Then I ask, um, have, have all those people been asked? Then, I, then sometimes I find that they just haven't been asked yet. Mm-hmm. The other thing I find is sometimes they've been asked, but they weren't asked at that well. Level. Oh. Well, well they, they either weren't asked well or they weren't asked for the kind of numbers necessary to get to goal. Then the other thing I find is sometimes they had a prospect list, they did the asking, they maybe even asked for enough or maybe a lot more, but they didn't close. And so they've gotten they've got, you know, 200 people on the major gift prospect list and 50 are still on the pending list. They just they just can't close. They can't get the paperwork in the door. So that's the other thing to look at. Mm. And all of this speaks to most um, clients that I've worked with. If it wasn't for Mr. Jeffrey intervening, they just don't have a system whereby they methodically assign prospects 
and portfolios to people, and they track the solicitation progress. Yeah. That is, it's that operational execution level execution thing that just kills capital campaigns. How often do we have to talk about execution? You know, I mean, it's that is it's like my pet peeve because people, when everyone's like, I don't know what to do, and then you look at, yeah, exactly, show me the call logs. And you look at the log and you're like, well, how often did you call him? Well, I called him last month. How many times? Yeah, I, yeah, Once, I, run, I run into that all the time. Yeah, right? One time, you know, oh, mm. good. Um, yeah. So is it, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I think, I honestly, I think we might need to do another another pod on this, Greg, because I think we're going to keep going. But yeah, just on that note, you know, what do you do? You need to look at your leadership. And like Greg said, you got to take, you know, what's our prospect list and how, how have we been being faithful to that? The step in the confessional, the prospect list. There you go. Actually, yes. Next week, let's, let's also tackle the same topic because I just had an amazing experience that will give everybody out there hope who has had a stall campaign. And with that, we're going to close this week. Right, Brian? See you next time.